so what do you do for a living? A gangbang with 10 guys last night. How good does that feel? It's a really good feeling. What's kind of going through your head in that moment? It got really, really crazy. How do you sort of maintain that motivation? I don't even try anymore. So my name is Lucy Banks. Um, I have been an OnlyFans creator for almost four years now. Um, I started back in 2019, I believe. Um, I had just left my ex-husband. I had two little kids. I was working um, in corporate banking. And I just thought there's got to be a better way to do life. Like I don't want to be doing 60-hour weeks at the bank anymore. I want to be around for my kids. And I had a girlfriend that was doing this thing called OnlyFans. And I missed this chair and I was like, babe, what is OnlyFans? Like, is this real? Like, are you making real money? I don't understand. Um, and then once she explained it to me, I signed up that night and the rest is kind of history. I only meant to do it for a couple of months, but I just I got so into it. And I love the lifestyle and I love the freedom. And in that time, I've gone from being, you know, like a broke single mom who I couldn't even afford my rent some weeks um, I've bought four properties since starting. Um, I drive a Land Rover. My kids are in private schools. I've really set us up financially, all while being available um, for all their sports, all their school events. It's changed our lives completely. And I'm yeah, really, really passionate about people using um, OnlyFans to yeah that transformed their lives so when you're so okay interesting so your friend told you about it did you have any you know she was probably explaining what she was doing and and stuff like that did you have any reservations because obviously you know some of the biggest reservations are like oh I don't want my family to find out I don't want my mom my friends whatever to see what I'm doing did you have any kind of reservations like that yes I definitely didn't want people to find out um I was really worried about by putting myself out there because I was 29 so you know I had a couple of kids you know I've got like you know the mum ride and I didn't want people judging me and I'm like oh, you know I've, I'm, I've just been divorced my mental health's not great I don't want people being like oh like you know you're so fat you're so disgusting I'm like how am I going to cope mentally by putting myself out there um but it actually did the total opposite and I skyrocketed my confidence um and people should find out that I come from a very religious, very conservative background. Um, and only fans is not something that anyone saw me doing. Um, it was really hard when people did find out, but it's yeah, all good. Now people come around and now they see what I've done with my life. They're like, yeah, okay. That was probably a good decision for you. I want to stay here for a minute because I, I feel like this is one of the biggest things uh, that a lot of creators have a hard time with. What what kind of kickback did you get from, you know, you, you just mentioned you came from a kind of a conservative family. Did they give you a really hard time before they eventually came around? Are there still family members that are trying to, you know, make you feel bad about it? Or like, how? what was what was the kind of repercussions from that? Yes, yeah, so I had a, a really hard time when it all came out. Um, my mom didn't talk to me for 18 months. Um, I had family members that said that, you know, their kids couldn't play with my kids anymore. Um, I had people calling my kids school, telling them what I was doing. Um, I had someone write the word slut on a brick 
social out of rock and throw it into my yard. Um, so not only was it, yeah, I was getting attacked a lot verbally, it kind of crossed over into real life, but it, it, I, I, had to, I had to move house. Like it got really, really scary for me. People called child protection services as well um, because they did OnlyFans, which is crazy. But everyone was really supportive. Like the police, because I called them and I was like, yeah, we're having bricks thrown in my yard. Um, I actually went in and I was like, yeah, please don't take my kids away. Like I'm a good mum. They're like, no, no, no. Like we know you're a good mum. Like you could do OnlyFans all day, every day, we do not mind. Like, we're not coming to um, to do anything um, because it's not, yeah, you're not a concern to us in a in a good way. They, they knew that um, I wasn't doing anything wrong. So the joke was kind of on any, anyone who was trying to um, make me feel bad or ruin me, I guess, because, yeah, the police had my back. They're like, no, no, you can you can do it with fans. It's not illegal. We don't, you know, that's not a thing for us. Um, and they were really supportive with that. Yeah, I had to get um, restraining orders against somebody. And um, yeah, it got really, really crazy. And there were so many times where I was like, do I just need to apologize to everyone and say, I'm sorry, I shouldn't have done this. I'm going to get back to banking. Um, there were so many nights where I'd go to bed thinking like, am I a bad person? Have I done something wrong here? But at the end of the day, I knew what my goals were and I had two little people that I had to provide for and that really kept me going and honestly once I moved towns I sort of set myself up somewhere else surrounded with people that loved and support me and encouraged me um and everything's just been really sweet and since then my family my parents in particular didn't talk to me yet for 18 months and yeah now they've come around they've seen how happy I am how happy the kids are and they know that it was a good choice for me. Now I can like muck around with them about it. I'll joke. Um, my mum came around once and I was like, oh, I was really sore from the gym. I'm like, oh, my back's really sore. And she's like, oh, what's wrong with your back, Lucy? And I was like, oh, I just did like a, a gangbang with 10 guys last night. And she's like, Lucy, don't talk like that. <laughs> so it gets yeah, really good to the point now. And I'm so thankful that. I stayed strong and yet I, I don't think there's anyone in my life now that will say, yeah, Lucy was irresponsible and she made a bad decision. Everyone will now say, we didn't agree at first, but she knew what she was doing. She was smart about it. She set herself up and, um, yeah, I kind of like proved everybody wrong. <laughs> How good does that feel? Like when, when you're getting, you know, kind of so much hate in the beginning and then you can finally make make the money and turn around and say here's here's why it's a really good feeling to be honest and after copying so much and people be like you're just doing this for attention you're stupid you can't do anything else um now i mean not that it's about you know money or anything but i don't know anybody else by age who's got the property portfolio that i do how how do you kind of explain it to people i mean if you're if you're meeting a random person on the street or just you know whoever somebody that you don't really know that well or whatever um, and they say, you know, Lucy, what, so what do you do for a living? Do you just straight out tell them I do OnlyFans or do you, do, or do you say like, oh, I do social media or like, how do <laughs> what do you tell people? So a couple of years ago, I would have said like, yeah, I do social media or I do marketing. Whereas now I just straight out tell people I do OnlyFans because people know what OnlyFans is now. And I think it, that stigma has started to erode and it's a lot more mainstream than it was when I first started. 
Okay, so that's that because you were actually doing it kind of before the heydays, you know, kind of during the pandemic is when it really, really uh, blew up. Um, how did your how did your friend even learn about OnlyFans before it got like super popular like that? So she found out from a fr- another friend of hers that was doing it, and then I think she found out from a friend, and it was just this snowball effect. Um, and then, yeah, I started doing it that I've got other friends that have signed up since. So I think when you know somebody who does it, it does give you that little bit of confidence. Um, this is a girlfriend I knew from high school, so I knew her personally. Um, and it, it, it did, that made me feel like, well, she can do it. I can do it as well. And so, okay. So, and she, was she making like a lot of money at that time too? Or, you know, was she kind of just making kind of a little bit of side money or what, what, like what kind of really piqued your interest to say, you know what, I need to, I need to jump on this. I think it was a few thousand dollars. I can't remember the exact figure. I asked her straight out. I was like, is this, is this real money? Like, I don't want to put myself out there and only earn like $20 a month. Um, I'm sure she said it was like three or $4,000. And for me at that time, that was huge money. I was like, oh my gosh, like I'm signing up right now. And I, I remember thinking, like, imagine if I could earn as much as she is earning. I said, imagine if I had $10,000 a month, that would be like amazing. I would have made it in life if I made $10,000 a month. Like that was my big figure that, um, yeah, I thought that I've made it in life if I can do $10,000 a month. And so did you actually end up hitting that? I mean, when, uh, you know, you started and then obviously things really blew up during the pandemic, did, did your account kind of blow up and ride that wave when it got super popular? Yeah, yeah. Um, so I kind of like came and came and went from OnlyFans for probably the first eighteen months. But the first month, I think I did three thousand dollars, which again was huge to me. Um, and because I'm I'm Australian, so three thousand US is about four thousand five hundred for me in Australia. Um, the conversion rate is amazing. Um, and I did kind of ride that ride that wave, and then I sort of like you. Yeah, got busy then I'd come back to it but once I started once I committed full-time and I was like no this is my job I started treating it like a job I've earned 10, over ten thousand dollars a month every single month since I changed my mindset and started treating it like a job now so when you started and you were kind of just you know doing it a little bit part-time or you know in and out a little bit like that at what point did you sort of make that decision in your head? Like, you know what, I need to kind of treat this like a real job and really go all in here. Uh, it was during the pandemic. So we were in lockdown here. Um, I think that was the first stage of five days. We'd, we were really lucky where I am. We, did, we didn't um, have to quarantine or anything for too long, but it, it was kind of in random blocks. But this was a five day block. We were stuck inside. And I thought, right, I've got five days. I don't have anything else to do. I'm going to sit on my phone all day every day and I'm going to see what I can do in that five days I can't remember how much I made but it was I really surprised myself and I was like okay this is what I'm doing now awesome so at that time what was kind of like the main thing what were you doing TikTok Twitter Reddit what was kind of the main thing at that time TikTok at that time okay um I've I've really always only done um Instagram and TikTok. Um, we all know what TikTok's like. You know, you, we, you get deleted every five minutes. So then I'll go back to Instagram, and it's um, it's always a juggle, isn't it? But those two are the platforms I always go back to. 
Um, in the last couple of months, I've been using Facebook as well, which has done really well for me. Yeah, I remember you were, you know, we talked uh, the other day, you were telling me that Facebook Reels was doing really well. I've actually done a little bit of experimenting with it as well. And it does, so most creators, um, at least for a certain period of time, TikTok was like the number one thing to drive traffic and fans. Uh, as it is right now, Instagram Reels seems to be overtaking TikTok a little bit in terms of driving traffic and fans. So for you, between TikTok, Instagram yeah. Reels, and Facebook Reels, what would you say is like the biggest driver of your traffic and fans? Right now, Instagram Reels, followed by Facebook Reels, and then TikTok, which has been a really interesting shift to, you know, maybe six, 12 months ago. Interesting. But Instagram has definitely overtaken TikTok in terms of uh, both views and conversion. Interesting. Now... Okay, so when you were doing this during the pandemic and you kind of, you know, decided to go all in and start, you know, posting on social media consistently and all that kind of stuff, what's been, because one of the biggest things that creators bring up is, oh, you know, OnlyFans is too saturated now. I can't, you know, I can't get any views or this or that or whatever. What's what's the difference that you've noticed over, you know, since, say, 2020 uh, till now? Has it become significantly harder since then? Same, easier? What, what's been your experience? I think it's easier now because OnlyFans is more well-known. And like, yes, there's more girls on the platform. Well, I should say girls, more, more creators on the platform. But that also brings more subscribers as well. And if someone's already signed up to an OnlyFans account, they're more likely to subscribe to other accounts as well. So, yeah, I do understand that. And it, it definitely is more saturated but I think it's brought a lot more um, subscribers and it's made it more well known um, because back in yeah, 2020, 2019 people didn't understand what I was promoting OnlyFans they didn't really know what it was whereas now everybody knows what it is it's easier to get them to convert What's been kind of like your biggest swings because you know obviously there's a, a huge chunk of your success kind of depends on what videos are going viral, how viral they're going, and then there can be periods where you're not getting any viral videos and, and things like that. Are you um, are you experiencing kind of big swings and fluctuations with, with your social media? Like some creators will fluctuate between, you know, top 1% to 5% or 0.5% to 2% and things like that. Do you get those kinds of big fluctuations and, and, and uh, swings like that? Um, not to that degree. Like I did get fluctuations uh, for the last uh, maybe eighteen months. I've sat between um, zero point two percent and one point one percent, but generally I'll hover between um, zero point five and zero point eight. So I think I've probably been between that percentage for six months now. So it, it does fluctuate um, on the daily, but it's generally within those um, parameters. That, I mean, that's actually super impressive because, you know, just obviously being in the top, you know, 1% in that kind of zero point whatever is extremely difficult. You're in a very small group of, of creators that have been able to, to get to that level. Um, what do you think is kind of like the biggest difference? I mean, why is there so many creators that try to do this and can't ever get the kind of numbers that, that you have? Um. For me, because I used to, I used to be like that. I had, I, I didn't have consistent income from OnlyFans at one point, 
But for me, it was my mindset. Once I started treating it like a job, if I woke up one day and I was like, oh, I can't be bothered to reply to subscribers. I'm like, no, well, I have to because it's my job. And I get up and I do it. So, you know, I've, I've talked to a few other creators about this. And, you know, one of the things that we talk about is some creators will, you know, when they're backed into a corner, right, they have no other choice. They have to pay their rent. They have to, you know, buy food for the kids, family, whatever. And it's very, very easy to force yourself, motivate yourself to get up and do the work when you have to and you have no choice. Um, however, once you yeah, get to a yeah. certain level and you're a little bit comfortable, you got, you know, some decent money coming in. How do you sort of maintain that motivation, that grind um, to, to continue putting in the work when you don't necessarily have to? I guess I kind of have like a base base slide of what I think is acceptable for work on. Like sometimes I'll go weeks without filming anything new, but I'm still on there talking. I'm still on there applying to messages. But yeah, I've, I've lost motivation. I'm like, oh, I can't bother. So yeah, I'll, I'll go weeks without filming and then yet when I am in that position where I'm like look at my bank account and I'm like oh but I actually do some work (laughs) then I'll like yeah smash out a bunch of filming and get it done um but for me replying to messages and being active on the side that's that's not negotiable that's that's my job it's like getting up and making breakfast for the kids in the morning like I have to do that and that's what kind of keeps it ticking over I guess gotcha now so because I've seen some of your videos and some of them have millions of views uh is there anything that that you noticed any certain you know strategies that you can say okay if i do this every single time it's got the you know best odds of going viral or if i wear this certain outfit or i use this certain sound is there any certain patterns that you've noticed that that really work um or do you or do you find that it's kind of like a slot machine and you just have to pull the lever over and over again and see what happens? Definitely more like a slot machine. Definitely. <laughs> I'll film stuff and I'll be like, oh, this is going to go viral. Everyone's going to love this and it will get hardly any views. And then the ones that I've had go most viral recently, I'm I'm not in like bikinis or skimpy clothes. I'm literally just in like, like a hoodie or something like this and they go viral. I had one go viral um, a couple of months ago. I think it got like, two million views or four million or I can't remember and my, my face wasn't even in it I was literally just filming the ground um so there's no rhyme or reason behind it especially with TikTok and Instagram as well um yeah I'm sort of more of the opinion to like throw everything out there and then see what what you happen to get because the ones that have really gone off for me I, I didn't expect them to <laughs> That seems to be a common scenario because there's a lot, there's a lot of creators out there that, you know, they'll, they'll try to put together the perfect video, the perfect sound, the perfect outfit. They'll try to edit it, make it look all nice. And then they'll have, you know, a video that they spent three seconds on just like a little selfie thing. And the, the three second video is the one that ends up getting 3 million views and the other one flops. So so that seems to be a pretty scenario. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, um, I don't even try anymore. Like, I'll just put up what I put up and see how it goes. By the way, if you want to learn the best systems and strategies to grow your social media and really level up your skills to get more fans consistently, be sure to check the link down in the description below, or you can scan the QR code on the screen here. Remember, average skills are going to give you average results, and average is not going to pay your bills in this business. It's up to you to master these skills and learn how to properly promote your account if you want to see real 
long-term success in the business. And now back to the podcast. So the one of the, the kind of common questions that I get a lot is, um, and especially for creators like you who are in, you know, some creators, Canada, Australia, you know, uh, UK, whatever it is, one of the things that creators get really obsessed about is trying to get their content into the US. Do you use any type of strategies to do that? You know, VPNs, proxies, SIM cards, you know, all these kind of things that creators try to do to, to get in the US um, or get their content served in the US. Do you do any of that stuff? No. I find that um, I have tried, so I've tried to set up a US phone and sort of push um, my content there. Um, so it's, it's yeah, set up with a, a VPN, um, it was set up as, as a US phone and it seems to think it's in California, um, but for some reason my traffic still will come back to Australia. Um, I find that my, my Facebook audience, um, even though I'm just using that for my normal phone, so no VPNs, no, no proxies or... US SIM cards, but for some reason I've captured, I think, like a 98% US audience on Facebook without even trying. So that's really interesting. Huh. Okay. I, I bring it up because one of the things that I try to, you know, help creators understand is that a lot of the creators that really get obsessed with this idea of getting their content into the US ends up causing a lot more damage than good because you know when you're using different things like you know proxies vpns you know emulators low quality sim cards things like that it can sort of damage the reputation of of the social media account and so i'm glad that you mentioned that you don't use any of that stuff because typically the most successful creators that i see don't they don't use sims, they don't use proxies, they don't use VPNs, they don't use any of these things. I feel like a lot of creators um, just get obsessed with the idea of getting their content into the United States and it just ends up, you know, they end up wasting six months or a year <laughs> trying to trying to get that stuff figured yeah. out rather than just saying, here's my phone, let me create content and that's it. That They, they really kind of overcomplicate the process and it, it's, I feel like it's just a waste of time. It's a waste of energy. Just put your content out there and the right people will find you eventually. It's <laughs> simple. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And one of the one of the things that I've noticed as well is that, um, at least for TikTok, even for the people that do kind of figure out, you know, with the Sims and everything else like that, I'm in the United States and even a lot of my content is pushed, you know, the, the creators that I work with, a lot of the content is pushed out of the United States so we have an equal amount of, of U.S. traffic for us being in the United States as many of the creators who are in <laughs> Australia or U.K. or a lot of these other places. So one of the things I, I like to try and, and get through people's heads is, listen, you're going to go through all this time and all this effort to make it seem like you're in the United States. Well, we're getting the same amount of U.S. traffic as you, you know, being out of the country anyway. Yeah. anyway. So, um, so I think that's just a, a good point to sort of drive home. If, if any, if anybody who's watching this video is just really stuck on that idea, getting, getting their content to the U S it's just better to not even don't overcomplicate it. Just start creating content and go with it. So I want to go back. I want to go back to, cause you were mentioning, so you got in, you got involved with OnlyFans. You started, you know, making some pretty good money. 
and now uh, now you're sort of building up a property portfolio. So are you are you kind of using OnlyFans as a means to an end? Like, is OnlyFans uh, like what's your kind of goal uh, outside of OnlyFans? Are you trying to build other businesses, or what? What's kind of the main thing? Um, so at the moment, it's really open ended. Like, I'll do OnlyFans until it's not funny for me anymore. Um, and it's, obviously, I can't quit right now because I don't have any other you know, businesses that are making that kind of money. Um, but yeah, I'm just going to keep doing it until it's not fun for me anymore, until it's a drag to talk or to film or anything. But right now, I'm still enjoying it. Um, I've got a really great connection with my subscribers. Um, I can't imagine me walking away from them anytime soon. So I'm just going to see how it goes. And if I wake up tomorrow and I don't want to do it anymore, then I'll stop. Or in three years, if I don't want to do it anymore, I'll stop then. Um, I'm just going to see how it goes. What do you think about sort of all of these? Because obviously OnlyFans got super popular and then now there's like a ton of other fan sites that are trying to sort of, uh, you know, get in on get in on that. Uh, what do you think of all these yeah. OnlyFans alternatives that, you know, there's a lot of new ones out there. Some are actually kind of interesting. Um, do you think it's, do you think OnlyFans is still kind of the best platform to be on? Or do you think there's some other cool platforms out there that people should, should check out? What are your, what are your thoughts there? So that is a very good question. I, I think OnlyFans, um, I don't agree with the way they, they treat their creators. I don't think um, creators in the adult space have as much support as we should do. Um, and we're always sort of, you know, in that zone of being scared of being deleted or being scared that they're going to stop adult content again. Um, I, yeah, I feel like there's, because um, I was on OnlyFans where they announced they were going to stop adult content. Um, and that, that was, it was a really horrible thing feeling because all of a sudden everyone was like we've just lost our income um I think a lot of people haven't forgotten that so unfortunately I think OnlyFans isn't going anywhere that's always going to they're they're always going to have the monopoly um that's where the subscribers are so that's where the creators go outside of OnlyFans there are yeah like I said a ton of other alternative websites that I mean effectively they're actually better than OnlyFans a lot of them have better capabilities um they're more supportive they don't have the same rules or regulations that OnlyFans forces onto their creators, but they're never going to have the amount of um, yeah subscribers. They're never going to be able to get that monopoly away from OnlyFans. I feel so. While I'd love to be on you know, um, stronger on something like Fansly or Loyal Fans or um, or any of the alternatives, but. Yeah, I, I don't use any other website. I just use OnlyFans because that's they've they've got the bulk of the subscribers. Yeah, that's that's been kind of our experience as well because we did end up, um, you know, we did test a lot of the other fan sites out there. But to your point, um, OnlyFans has the large majority of fans. In fact, they have about three hundred million monthly active users, and the next biggest one is. Fansly at, um, I think it's about 30 million active monthly users, which is basically a, a fraction of, of what OnlyFans and then all the other ones below that are, are much, much less. Another big topic that has wild opinions on both sides is the sort of mental health uh, implications of OnlyFans. Now for you, 
personally, when you started OnlyFans, um, how do you feel that sort of affected your mental health? You, you, you mentioned you, you know, were having mental health issues before you kind of even got involved in the first place. And then as you got involved, that could either make things worse or make things better. What, what, uh, what's been your experience with that? Yeah. So I'd, it's one of the first things I'll sort of say to someone when they will mention like, oh, I think I'm going to do OnlyFans. I'm like, okay, babe, like, <laughs> that's great. That's really awesome. But people finding out if you're losing your job, if people being mean to you online, if people, you know, attacking your peers, if all of those things are going to ruin your life, don't do it because the the stigma is it's getting better, but it, it's still huge. Like it still exists. Um, so yeah, the stigma from people on the outside world is for me anyway, like that was um, the hardest thing. And it's funny, isn't it? I'm like, you know what? I don't have a problem you know, filming myself or making content or putting myself out there, but the rest of the world does. And it's that stigma that hurts you, not the actual job, not the content, it's people's opinions. Um, so that, yeah, that's one aspect of it. But then just like the TikTok comments are pictured that they're really personal, they're really vile, and you have to have a very, very thick skin to be able to survive being on TikTok. Um I'm really lucky. I think it comes because I'm, you know, I'm in my 30s now, so I am that bit older. But if I was doing this in my early 20s, I don't think I would have been able to do it. I don't think I would have been able to cope with with the comments and, and the backlash that you get. So, yes, like OnlyFans is very, very lucrative. And if you do it right, like, you get that freedom that comes with it. But if it's if it's going to mess with your mental health, it's it's not worth it. Um, and, and it can be. There's been girls who have, you know, taken their own lives because of the comments that they've had on on TikTok and the backlash they've had from being on OnlyFans. It's a it's a real thing, and it needs to be taken really seriously. Um, so that's that's something I would I would really like to get that message out. I guess um, I don't want to talk anyone out of doing OnlyFans because I love it and I'm such an advocate for it. But I do think that your peace and your mental health needs to come. Best. I actually did a, a recent podcast with Miss Lolly, who's 54 years old, and she kind of mentioned something that you just touched on right here, which is you you tend to care less as you get older. What what do you think it is about being young to where those you know the trolls and the haters and the mean comments affects you so much more than it does as as you get older? Um, I think as you get older, like, you just kind of learn that it doesn't matter what people think. Like, you could be the juiciest peach and there's always going to be someone that doesn't like peaches. Like, no matter what you do in life, there's going to be someone that doesn't like your decisions. Um, but you still get on and live your life, don't you? It really doesn't matter. Um, and that's something that I, I just learnt with age. Um, whereas when you're a bit younger, like maybe, you know, late teens, early 20s, it is important to you what people think. Um, you are more impressionable because you're still sort of figuring yourself out in the world. So if you're getting people say like, you know, like you're disgusting, you're ugly, you're this, you're that at such a young age, you're having all these like negative thoughts go into your head while you're still trying to figure out who you are. So I think it just impacts you a lot more. Whereas when I started OnlyFans, I was, I was 29, I had two kids, like, and people would come at me and be like, yeah, you're a bad bum. And I'm like, well, no, I'm not. 
I'm an awesome mum. Like, I already know who I am and I'm very, very firm on um, what I've been through and, like, the strength that I have. But, yeah, I wouldn't have been so sure of myself 10 years ago. So, I, yeah, I think it just comes with age and experience. The, so, obviously, there's a lot of different components with OnlyFans, social media, you know, just taking care of all the all the different things that need to be done. What What do you think is kind of the hardest part uh, about OnlyFans? I think the hardest part about OnlyFans is the, the constant hustle. Like you have to, you can't just take a day off. Like I, I'm really strict that I have to post on every social media channel every single day. And some days I'm like, I can't be bothered doing it, but I need to do it. So you need to constantly be in hustle mode. You can't just take a holiday or you take some time off. Um, so I shouldn't say you can, and it's important to take time off when you need to. Um, but you will you see your numbers drop if you're not constantly doing that. So I think just always having that motivation, um, it, it can be, it can grind on you. It can sort of weigh you down after a while. So yeah, for me, just that, that being in hustle mode constantly, um, I think that's the hardest part. Over the years, I've, I've learned how to do it. Um, so I don't burn out. Like I will take a day off, um, on Saturday, like I'll I'll make sure I've got posts posts scheduled for Sunday because I I don't want to be doing social media on Sunday. I still do OnlyFans, but I need to take a break from social media at some point. Um, and if I feel myself getting burnt out, I'll stop and take care of that because once you're burnt out, you 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 useless to everybody. Like you can't do anything. So I've I've become really good at managing that. But um yeah, I think just that constant being in hustle mode when it comes to social media can be really tiring. I think when a lot of people look, um, or at least, you know, when when new people or, or other people look at OnlyFans from the outside in, the perception is that um, it's just this easy, glamorous, no work, you just dance around on social media, it's for lazy people, yeah. you know, all this, all this kind of stuff. I think that the the average kind of perception is if if you walk up to a random person on the street and and they say hey what do you do for a living you say oh I do OnlyFans they're gonna automatically assume that anybody who does OnlyFans is lazy they're just making a ton of money not doing hardly anything dancing around on social media what what would you say uh, how how accurate is that statement for anyone that said that to me I would just turn around and say try it. You go try it. You go try build a brand. You you spend hours in your analytics trying to figure out what's going on. You force yourself to make content when you don't want to make content. You force yourself to come up with ideas. You you go and try it. And I'm sure every single time people would be like, well, I don't want to. And I'm like, well, don't attack me then because you know what some days I don't want to, but I still make it work. It's for anyone that says that it's, yeah, for lazy people or stupid people or people that don't want to work, I would just tell them to go and try it because I bet they can't do it. The reality is, you know, the average person is probably, you know, working whatever, eight hours a day. For those who decide to do OnlyFans, they need to kind of be buckled in, prepared to be doing, you know, eight to 15 hours a day. Would you, what is kind of your hours that you put in on a, on a normal day? Um, I'd, yeah, be pushing 12 to 15 hours a day that I put in. Yeah. So I think, 
like I, and the hours that I'm not working, I'm doing stuff with the kids. Um, and then I'll yeah be up till midnight. Like I was up at four thirty a.m. this morning, um, and that's a normal day for me. But I'm happy to do that because it means I can take the kids to school every day. Like I, it, it's hard work, but you do have that flexibility and freedom, so it's worth it for me. Yeah, I think there there is definitely a certain degree in. Um, having discipline, which equals freedom, you know, in, in terms of being able to sort of make your own schedule, make your own terms of how you sort of operate throughout the day. So yeah, one one thing I like to kind of ask, because every creator has some version of this, and we kind of touched on it a little bit earlier when you mentioned, um, you know, some of the stuff about people harassing you and stuff like that. But what are, what are the kind of worst horror stories that you've been through in turn I mean have you had to deal with any stalkers crazy fans showing up at your house you know what's kind of some of the the crazy things that you've seen over the years you've done it yeah the craziest thing was probably um people calling the police and calling child protection because of the only fan and child protection like she's allowed to do only fans it's fine um that's kind of funny now but at the time I was like this is mental like why do people care so much um I haven't had um too many stalker stories or anything I do get recognized probably a couple of times a week um I had a lady come up to me when I was it's only happened one time someone coming up to me when I'm with the kids and she's like I love your TikToks like I wanted your OnlyFans and I was like thank you I was like maybe just send me a message because I'm with my kids right now I don't really want to be talking about OnlyFans um but that yeah most of the time people are really respectful like they'll just walk past and they'll be like, Lucy Banks, or um, I'll get a message on social media. I'll be like, hey, I saw you at this place. I hope you're having a good day or something. Um, most time, yep, everyone's like really respectful. I haven't had anyone um, be rude to me in public. Um, I've had people come up and ask for photos, which to me is like crazy. I'm like, well, like, um, yeah, it's, it's wild to be, for people to recognize me, but it's never been a neg- negative experience. It's always been, um, people being really lovely and to my face anyway, probably me behind my back, but to my face, it's all been really positive. So one of, one of the, the last questions I like to finish off here is if you could go back in time, if you could say, give your 20 year old self any piece of advice, knowing everything you know now, what would that advice be? It's probably easier said than done and we kind of touched on it before. But if I could go back and tell my 20 year, self, 20 year old self anything, it would be fuck everybody's opinions. Like you only have one life. Just be, be good to people, be kind to people and don't care about anybody else. Like don't care about the negative opinions um, and go do OnlyFans. <laughs>